0: Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church Podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. John, the 15th chapter, verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Every time, Debbie, I go to this passage, my mind is drawn to that statement right there where Jesus says, I am the true vine. And what I realize is he doesn't say I'm a vine. He doesn't say I'm the only vine because he's not the only vine. He's the only true vine, which means there are things that we try to attach ourselves to that really cannot give us what we need because only the true vine can produce what we need in our life. If we need life, he is life, he is the resurrection and the life. In him we find love because he is love. In him we find joy because he's the fullness of joy. How many of you could use a little more joy in your life? He is the fullness of joy. If we need peace, he is the prince of peace and his peace never runs out. He says, I don't give peace like the world gives peace. See, the world will give you peace in pieces. Like you may go on a vacation and find a little bit of peace, but that peace doesn't last. Nothing lasts on this earth apart from him, but he gives us a peace that goes beyond understanding. What that means is, Amanda, when I'm going through things in my life that I don't understand, I can't explain it, I can still have peace in the midst of it because he is with me. That's the difference between us and everyone else. We have peace. And we have hope. Are you following me this morning? God is a good God. And he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. What that means is he lifts it up, puts it back in place so that it can start producing. Then he says every branch that does produce fruit, he prunes. Why does he prune us? So that we can bear more fruit. Verse 3, he says, already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. In other words, I've already started the pruning process in your life through my word. That's why the word of God is so essential to the believer. It has to be inside of us because it is the word that prunes us. It is the word that shapes us. It is the word that cleanses us. It is the word that transforms us, and it's the word that positions us to be fruitful how many of you understand you've got a purpose in this life you're not here by accident some of you may think that you're here by accident that your parents had an oops moment but i'm telling you in god there's no such thing as an oops moment you have a purpose you have a destiny you have a call on your life and god wants you to be fruitful in that call and so what he does is he uses his word to prune us To remove things from us that aren't beneficial to us it's just sucking nutrients and god says i'm too good to leave you there lisa i'm going to start pruning some things and it may be painful and you may not like it and you may whine about it but i'm going to prune you anyway because it is for your benefit i hate needles does anybody in this church just love needles like that's just your thing you're just a needle lover i hate needles i hate giving blood i hate getting shots I remember one time I was in the doctor's office, I was probably 15 or 16, and the doctor said, I've got to take some blood. I said, no. <laughs> Jesus shed his blood so that I don't have to. <laughs> and So he says, no, I'm taking, I'm taking your blood. He had the needle. He said, I'm taking your blood. I said, doc, if you touch me with that needle, I'm going to knock you out. My dad was standing there. He said, doc... He's not kidding. But I've grown to understand that the doctor, when he's doing those things, he's not doing it to hurt me. He's trying to do it to help me. Sometimes we walk through things in life, it's a pruning season, and it feels painful because connections that we used to have, that we had enjoyed, start walking away. And we go, why are they walking away? And God's saying, I'm pruning you. And if they leave your life, hear this, Please, if someone exits your life, it's because you do not need them in your life for your purpose. So that should give you confidence when somebody walks away from you, don't panic. Just know you did not need them there in your life. And have confidence that God will bring the people you need into your life so that you can be what? Fruitful. That's the theme. Be fruitful. So he says, Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. Remain in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Understand your place in this world. He's the vine. He's the source. You're just the branch that he produces something through. He says, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Somebody say nothing. Nada. Zitch. Zitch. That's not a word. (laughs) it is now I used to have this bass amplifier that was like super powerful I mean this thing was so powerful that I did not have to turn the volume knob above one and a half to two because if I took that thing to three boy I would peel your hair back and I had I had these large bass cabinets that sat on either side of the drums and I could call so much bass with this system that it would make you feel like your heart is going to leave your chest. <laughs> As a matter of fact, every Monday night we, we played at my father's church and there was a neighborhood right across the street. And a family started attending our church. And when I started talking to them and asked them, you know, why they're gotten involved in the church, they said, well, we moved into the neighborhood across the street. And every Monday night our dishes would rattle. And so we thought, we've got to come check this place out. Super powerful rig, but one night we were about to play. I'm on stage, the curtain is drawn, the people are screaming out front, they're ready. You know, I'm ready, I go to check, and nothing comes out. I'm panicking, Richard. I mean, we're not talking about a small crowd, we're talking about hundreds of people are out there. Not just hundreds of people there, we were on television at that time, and so they're taping for te- this was like. To me, it was a big deal. I'm not getting any volume from this powerful system, and I don't know why. So I go over to my guitar player, who's more technical than I am, and I figure maybe he can help me out. And so he comes over to the bass amp, and he's investigating, and he looks down, and he says, found your problem. I said, what is it? He said, it's not plugged in. (laughs) Hear what I'm saying. You have tremendous potential, but your potential will never be realized if you're not plugged in. Doesn't matter how many watts you have in that amplifier. If it's not plugged in, it will not do anything. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell us. He created us, he designed us, he gave us a purpose. We have a destiny, but the only way we're gonna see it and the only way we're gonna realize our potential is if we connect to him. Somebody say, I gotta get plugged in. That's what Activation Church is all about. People ask sometimes like, why the name Activation Church? And there's two reasons, and you need to know this history. The first reason is Randy, who is our worship leader, he's a graphic designer. Before we had a church, he was designing logos for other churches, and he was having a difficult time with one of the church logos because of the lettering. And he said, A just looks really good with this font. He said, if you ever start a church, You should call it Activation because it looks really good. So that's where the name came from. But then the mission and the vision started coming along that we are here so that people can activate their life in Christ. What does that mean? So that they can get plugged in. And Nick, that's not just salvation. That's the starting point. Salvation is the starting point. We are absolutely here so that if you do not know Jesus, man, we want you to meet him. But we also believe that there is a call on your life, and we're here to partner with you the five-fold ministry to equip the saints for what? The work of the ministry. What's the work of the ministry? The fruit that you are bearing. That's what Activation Church is all about. We don't just want to bring people to Christ. We want them to understand that they've got a purpose in Christ. We're not just waiting for the eternal by and by where we float around and sing hymns all day to Jesus. Which heaven's going to be much more wonderful than that, by the way. And I do look forward to the day that we are, live eternally in his presence. It's going to be awesome. But we're not just living for that. We're living right here, right now, on a mission, with a purpose. That's why Jesus says, I'm not praying, God, that you take him out of the world. I'm praying that you would be with him in the world. Because we need the heaven to come to the earth. Do you know how heaven comes to earth? Through you. The will of God is done on earth as it is in heaven through you we are his workmanship we are co-workers co-laborers with christ it is god who works in us both to will and do of his good pleasure so when we're connected he can work through us to produce his good pleasure but if we're not connected if we're not abiding then the source which is the spirit of god cannot flow From the vine to the branch. Somebody say, I've got to be connected. John 15, verse 6. Jesus goes on. He says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. Why? Because you're useless. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me, and my words that prune you, my words that cleanse you my words that produce things in you if you will abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples two things you've got to get right here One, God receives glory when you produce fruit. Two, you are identified by the fruit that you produce. Jesus says every tree is known by its fruit. If you are abiding in him, if you are remaining in him, there's going to be some evidence of it by the fruit that is produced in your life. He goes on, John 15, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Some of us today, we just need to get to that place to where we're resting in his love, knowing that there's nothing we can do to earn anything. We've just got to receive the love that he's offered and just rest in it, knowing that I'm loved no matter what I've done in my life, no matter what I did last year, no matter what I did last night, No matter what I did this morning on the way to church, I'm still loved. He says, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love... Has no one than this that somebody laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you. That's powerful. People think, oh, I found Jesus. You didn't find Jesus. Jesus. Jesus found you. He wasn't hiding. He found you. He loved you. He chose you. And that is every single person in this room. He loves you. Would you just turn to the person next to you and say, he loves you. I chose you and appointed you that, here's why. This is important. I chose you, Jim, and appointed you, Jim, so that you would go and do what? bear fruit and that your fruit would abide not just producing fruit but having something that will remain so whatever you ask the father in my name he will be it will be given to you here's the big idea of these verses from john 15. God wants us to be fruitful and he wants the fruit that we produce to remain he has invested something very valuable inside of you and he wants a return on his investment and he takes it very seriously we we need to know this he takes very seriously what he has placed inside of you and he desires to see something come from it jesus tells a story about three workers and their employer gives them a portion of his business. And he says, I want you to handle business for me while I'm gone. I want you to grow the business. I want you to bring increase to the business. So he gives one of the workers five talents, he gives another worker two talents, and he gives the third worker one talent according to their ability. So right there, he's letting us know that you're only required to do something with what i've given you does that make sense if you don't have a voice to sing and god does not touch your vocal cords to give you a beautiful voice then you don't have to worry about not being in the praise and worship team that's not what you need to be doing you need to be where you are out there singing at the top of your lungs and thanking god that we've got a sound system to cover your voice So he gives, he gives them the, the ability or the talent based upon their ability. The guy with five talents, he invests it, and he doubles it. The man with two talents, he invests, he doubles it. The man that he gives one talent to doesn't do anything with it. He takes it, he hides it, he buries it, and when the employer comes back, to talk to his employees and finds out that he didn't do anything with what he had placed in his hand, he said, you are a wicked servant. You're a wicked servant. You haven't produced anything with what I've placed in your life. But to the two that invested and multiplied, he said, you're a faithful servant. Then he says something very key. He says, you've been faithful over little. You've been faithful with what I've placed in your hands. Now I can make you ruler over much. Because you have faithfully used what you have, now I'm going to bring you more. That's how increase works. You use what you have, then you can get more. Some people use the excuse of, well, if I had more, I'd do more. If I had more time, I'd serve more. If I had more money, I would give more. And God is saying, use what you have. Use what you have, and then I will increase it. You know, in 2013, I had lunch with my father, who's also my pastor. And at that lunch, he fed me fajitas and then said, I want you to start a church. Okay. Can I get dessert? So he says, I want you to start a church. We had no money. We had no people. We had no location. All we had was a direction. Go start a church. But we worked what we had. Seven months later, we have our first gathering. And we met in a building that had no power. They had not turned the power on yet. If you were there, you remember. We met with the sun coming through the windows. We had no lights. We had no sound system. We had no screens. We had nothing. All we had was me and some biscuits and a small group of people. But we worked what we had. I gave every single one of them a biscuit, a t-shirt, and a job to do. I made some people door greeters and every Sunday their job was to stand at the door and greet the visitors that weren't showing up. But we worked what we had. We worked what we had. We didn't have a large launch team like some of these churches put together. When they're going to start a church, they'll meet for a year developing a core team and I think it's a wonderful strategy they'll raise money before they even have their first service and that's a wonderful strategy they'll find these organizations and churches that will financially back them and that's a great strategy but we didn't have that we had nothing except for a direction but we worked what we had and we never gave up and now here we stand nine years later on a property in a building filled with people because we worked what we had i never looked at what we didn't have that's the problem some of you stare at your lack too long i didn't stare at what i lacked i focused on what i had okay god this is this is what you've given me i'm going to do something with it and he brought the increase Everything in life starts with a seed and a vision for what that seed can become. Some people will look at a seed and see something insignificant, see something small, see something that can't accomplish anything, see something that can't feed my family. It's worthless. They'll discard it. We do it all the time. You eat an apple, what do you do with the core? You throw it away. Not realizing the power of that apple is actually in that core. But somebody with a vision, Debbie, will look at that same seed and see an orchard because they have a vision and they know if you'll just plant the seed even though it seems small even though it seems insignificant if you'll put it in the ground it will do what it does and it will grow so stop looking at your life and saying well if i had five talents like that guy then i'd do something if i had two talents like that guy i'd do something say no 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 guess what i've only got one talent but i'm gonna work it with every fiber of my being and i'm going to make a difference as long as i'm alive i'm going to work my purpose as long as i'm alive i'm going to bear fruit as long as we are a church we are going to do something we are going to reach our world we are going to see people filled with the spirit we are going to see people healed saved delivered why because we're going to work what we have and God will always continue to give you more as long as you're faithful with what you've already got. Over the nine years, I have seen people walk away out of frustration because it's not what they wanted it to be at the moment. Not realizing that you've got to take the seed and work the seed in that moment to grow what you want it to become. Church planning is not easy business. You better make sure that you're called to do it before you step out and do it. But if you are called, no matter what it is that you're called to, know that the the ability is there. The seed is there. The potential is there. And if you'll plug in and abide and use what you have, God will bring the increase. He desires for us to bear fruit. You need to understand this. Salvation is a free gift. There is nothing you can do to earn your place in God. He invests that into your life. But once he has made that investment, he wants to see a return. If you go to Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 8, the Bible says, For grace, by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not your own doing. Paul, you had nothing to do with this process. It's the gift of God. He made the investment. It's not a result of works, so that anyone may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He saves you so that he can use you for his purpose, which is to bear fruit which in return brings glory and I don't know about you but I want to spend every fiber of my being going after the purpose of God I want to spend every fiber of my being stretching my imagination and having a vision of what can the seed become Richard this is what we see now as a church. But Rhonda, what can it become? If we are willing to work, if we are willing to invest our gifts, if we're willing willing to give and support and do outreach and all this stuff and, and put on amazing VBSs and expand our television department, if we're willing to do all that, Dwight, what can it become? And that's what I want to do. I want to, at the end of my life, I want to be like the Apostle Paul that says, I've poured it all out, man. There's nothing left. And we have to understand that that time is so short. The book of James says that our life is like a vapor. Some of you in here, you're like, you're really young and you won't understand this. But the older you get, you'll start to realize how short life really is and how quickly it passes you by. And you don't have one second to waste. You've got to make sure that you're missed is making a difference. You've got to make sure that your mist matters every single moment of your life so that you can produce fruit and so that the fruit will remain, actually outlast your mist. See we're celebrating nine years today but our story doesn't start nine years ago in Kennesaw, Georgia you've got to go back to the early 1900s when my family is in Armenia and they leave everything that they have they leave their property, they leave their work, they leave their belongings to move to the United States based upon a word that God gave them and they decided to make their mist matter and so they moved. You've got to go to my grandfather who was swimming in the Pacific Ocean when he heard the voice of the Lord say, Harry, where will you spend eternity? And in that ocean, my grandfather gave his life to the Lord. He left that beach. He started picking cotton to raise money so that he could go buy a tent so that he could start preaching the gospel. And he invested his life making his mist matter. You have to go to my father who walked away from the things that he was pursuing, the career Choices that he had decided on to step into the ministry and to serve the church. Those are all the things that you have to see that bring us to here. People making their mist matter while they still had a mist. Scott, Gavin, we grew up together as kids and we're only here because our parents decided to make their midst matter. Matter to build a church where their kids could grow up and experience the love of God. And now we're here telling others about the love of God because somebody made their mist matter. And it's up to us right here, right now, to make our mist matter. Make it matter. Your life can carry significance. And it doesn't matter how young you are. It does not matter how old you are. As long as you are abiding in him and you're connected to that true vine, you will produce fruit. You will continue to produce fruit and that fruit will remain. It'll be good fruit. It'll stay around. It'll be something for your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids to enjoy. We build and lay a foundation for the next generation to build on. Randy asked me, and it's funny that he asked me this question because I had been thinking about it and I even had a dream about it beyond the thought and he said, "Arm, if you died today, would you be fulfilled? I said, no. I said, I would be thankful. I'd be thankful that I've been able to be a part of some of the things I've been able to be a part of in my life but I wouldn't be fulfilled because I believe there's more to do. I believe there's more to accomplish. I believe that God has more for us than we've seen over the past nine years. I think God has more ministry opportunities for us, more people for us to reach and connect to his family. What we do matters, and it's the only thing that matters. Listen, you have to have a job. You have to. The Bible says the man that doesn't work doesn't eat. You have to have a job. We have to have money to make our life work. But your job is not your purpose. The mission of preaching the gospel is your purpose. The job just becomes a tool and a resource to help preach the gospel. Does that make sense to you? But your purpose is to preach the gospel, whether it's at home as a parent, investing into your children, training them up in the way that they should go. If it's serving on a team at the church or working with the kids or working in the media, whatever it is, that's our purpose is to preach The gospel and this, what I'm doing, is just a form of preaching. There are people, the room's filled today, but there are people out back working, setting up the carnival for everybody to enjoy. That's a part of preaching the gospel. Everything that we do for the kingdom of God is a part of preaching the gospel. When we serve, when we give, we're saying, you know what? I believe in the message and I want to preach it. I want to make my mist matter. Would you stand with me? Father, I am forever grateful for your goodness and mercy that have followed me every single day of my life. And God, I know that I've done a lot of things in my life that weren't right but I do believe the one thing that I have gotten right is understanding that you are the source of everything good. You are the source of my life. You are the source of my strength. You are why I can do what I do. Lord, you're the reason that we can even have a church and gather together. So Lord, today I just say thank you. And I say thank you for the past nine years that have been wonderful. And I thank you for the people that you've sent to our church that have been such a joy to serve alongside of. And today, Lord, I'm asking that you would touch their heart and their life. Father, I'm asking that you would begin to show them the potential of the seed that you've placed inside of them. God, no longer do we just look at a seed, but we look at what that seed can become when it's planted into the ground. So I thank you for renewed dreams. Some of you in here, there's been dreams that God has placed on your heart when you were a little bit younger, but the older you've gotten, the dream has faded. But today, God, we ask that the dream will become vivid in our heart. And Lord, we thank you for the resources we need to make the dream work. Father, I thank you for bringing people from the north, the south, the east, and the west to this place where they can connect to the purpose that you have for them. Lord, I pray a blessing on every family and every home under the sound of my voice. And God, I ask that you would touch them and strengthen them. God, I ask that you would increase them Lord, your word even says that you give us the power to get wealth. And so, Lord, I'm asking that you would bring the resources we need into our life because, God, you know that we'll be faithful to use them in a way that honors you and glorifies you. So, Lord, bless us, help us, strengthen us, encourage us. If there's anyone sick in here right now, we just pray that God would touch you in your body, that he would bring healing to your life. In Jesus' name, and everyone would say, amen.